The swamp without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis. Of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome to MASH Minute, where we're going to analyze the 1970 Robert Altman film one minute at a time until it kills us. I'm your host, <laughs> Megan Coleman. <laughs> I'm uh, still very much alive, and I thought in good health, Tierney Steele. <laughs> I'm not sure what I am, but hoping uh, for good news, guest Jerry Porter. Well, uh, I didn't realize I was putting your life in danger by inviting you on this <laughs> I am glad, though. I, I love it anytime someone's like, oh, I've seen that movie, and then they're like, oh, I watched it. Yeah, I definitely never seen that before. <laughs> I've done it to a few you, people now, and it's always satisfying. Do Do you feel it's like one of those movies that people say they've watched, but they actually haven't watched? You know, like there's some like books, like Moby Dick. You say, "Oh yeah, I've read that," but you really haven't. You just gone to the Wikipedia article to <laughs> to know enough to fib it. You What's monster! You? I was going to talk about <laughs> library stuff in this minute too. <laughs> oh, oh man, because it's like we're both librarians. What? Yeah, and this librarian, well, anyway. finally read it. <laughs> Wait, Moby Dick or the or the Mash yeah. book? Okay. Oh, I've read the Mash book multiple times. Don't. Oh, okay. No, I was I just double checking. I was just double checking. Megan, Megan, I got you. Boo. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, today <laughs> we're gonna. Someday I'm going to be able to do that without laughing. Today we're going <laughs> to talk about minute sixteen, which starts with Burns. Disapproving as Hojan serves Duke and Hawkeye martinis in their tent. And it ends with a disturbed Duke about to ask a praying Frank Burns a question. So Duke and Hawkeye were already pretty upset to find out that their tent mate doesn't drink. Alright, well, fine. Not only doesn't he drink, he doesn't like them drinking. And now he's going to pray. Allowed. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because I think one of the reasons, you know, you guys said that they were being a little too harsh on Frank here. And I would think that, I mean, how, how long have they known him? Like four days? Three days? Yeah. Okay. Because I, it seems like what, what they're At so upset about. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like this is, it's not just that he doesn't drink. It's the whole package. He's, <laughs> he's bad in OR. He's sanctimonious. He's jingoistic. Now he's a teetotaler and they're just finding out. But, you know, I kind of figured they've been hanging. I mean, when you see the interaction a little bit and mm -hmm. how upset they are, you're like, oh, this is a dude that's been grading and wearing on them for like eight months. But you're like, no, it's like three or four days. You know, I, I agree. I think they're, they're a little hard on him or they're just, you know, I, I don't know. Everything kind of takes takes to an extreme here in this movie. Yeah. And they they. <sighs> He was teaching Hojan to read from the Bible when they first saw him. There was definitely some awkwardness there. You could see that these guys were not going to see eye to eye. Right. And I wonder, I, I think what we saw in the last minute was them trying. That's them 
trying to be friendly. You know? Yeah. Join us. Sure. Let's let's have some sit back, relax. Maybe you, we've misjudged you. No, we haven't. <laughs> well, no, and Hawkeye has a fantastic line. He says, "Care doing vibes, sir." Mm-hmm. And and it's welcoming and it's kind of fun and festive a little bit. And yeah, you're right. They are. They're saying uh, they're saying, "Hey, we got it." You know, that we 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 have the still or Ho, Ho yeah. John. Ho John's gonna uh, he'll cook you up something nice, and this is great. Join us. Yeah. Hey, you're and absolutely, I, I absolutely right. Again, it's totally different. I am not equating my wonderful childhood memories with the Korean War. But (laughs) that's kind of, you show up at summer camp, and two weeks later you leave, and you've got a new best friend. Like, it's insane how quickly those relationships form when you live with someone. And it's just not forming for these guys. They don't really have a lot in common, besides that they're at this... MASH unit, and they're doctors, and the situation's less than ideal. Yeah. Well, maybe Frank doesn't think it's less than ideal, but to a certain degree, but, you know. Well, I I feel like this is really an indictment of hierarchies. I mean, you, you have the military hierarchy that the doctors have disdained for throughout the movie. They don't take any of it seriously. You have the church hierarchy where you see Frank getting down in a humble position, and uh, he, he's, you know, literally the Christian soldier that, that we might hear, uh, you know, <laughs> coming up. And th- this is the Christian soldier. And, uh, you know, they, they have disdain for that as well. They don't like hierarchies. They don't like this authoritarian business. They think it's all nonsense. They think institutions are nonsense. This is, this is, this is silly, and they've had it. You know, they've, they've already been in the military for however long, you know, uh, certainly enough to be pissed off and ha- have formed their own opinions. Oh, this is all garbage. I'm going to steal a Jeep and this is silly. And uh, then then they deal with, you know, religion and institutional religion the exact same way. Like, you don't really believe all that stuff, do you? And and what's fascinating is that the prayer that Frank Burns says here, he incorporates the the military and the president and you know our mm-hmm. he, he you know first says like a regular our father you know lord's prayer and yeah. then he also tacks on all these <laughs> these um, you know these uh, the, the extras and for our commander in chief and the boys at the front line and the so they're really it's like a confluence well, of everything they hate well in, and in one in one yeah. handy prayer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? one prayer for all your needs I'm going to put you on the spot, Megan. Is that okay. <laughs> because, no, because it, it sounds like the intercessions and that's what you do. And you start with our elected officials and then you do the, po- or, no, shoot, that's later during communion. But there, there is a thing where it's like first one, then the other, then the other. And you're just working your way down the line until it's like, and everyone in this church. Okay, now we're good. And, uh. Sure. It's, it's well. <laughs> I, I don't remember this that is, bit, but... This is like when little kids go to bed. <laughs> they say the Lord's Prayer, and then they pray for people. Yeah. And and then you go to sleep, but he's over the age of eight. <laughs> Which I, I think is fascinating. They say over the age of eight, you know, they bring up eight, because that would be your first communion. Other than baptism in the Catholic Church, you know, baptism is the first sacrament. 
the second sacrament you would receive, which is usually at the age of eight or second grade, is First Communion. And Duke is saying, like, <laughs> you basically, baptism's a freebie. You're two or three <laughs> months old or two weeks old, whatever, so that one doesn't count. He's saying by the time you get to the, the second sacrament, he doesn't know anybody who passed, you know, who, who took any of this stuff seriously past the second sacrament. So, I don't, you know, I, I think you're right. They show Frank on his knees, kind of like, I think he might even be at his bedside, right? Yeah. This is the type yeah. of the type of prayer, or at least calls to mind the type of prayer that you, you might say before you go to sleep, it, and maybe a, as a kid. It yeah, I mean, I mean they're, so just say, they're just saying this is ridiculous. Give, that, that's <laughs> what this is. This is ridiculous. And there's, there's a hypocrisy to it, and it runs throughout the movie. I mean, wh- uh, whether you believe hand, that or not, not I feel like too crazy. <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like wh- whether you agree with those sentiments, I feel like that's what the story and the director are giving us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean. <laughs> Robert Altman is not uh, saying yeah, the Lord's not... Prayer every night in his PJs. <laughs> right, right. That That's kind of, an, and, you know, the writer this is what they're they're saying. Yeah. That's the, the, the tension between all the characters in the movie. Uh, I have the, it's so petty, but it bothers me so much that he, the way he's holding the Bible, but he's not reading any, it's literally just like, I'm just going to hold my Bible while I say this prayer that I've had memorized most of my life. <laughs> sure. I'm just going to hug it and think about God. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a well film scene because you have Frank there again holding his Bible. The other two guys are holding martinis. And those are cool glasses. Did they anyone are. else notice the <laughs> yeah, martini glass stems? <laughs> and they, they, they they're like so literally putting them, putting them up to their lips. The exact mm-hmm. same shot of Frank is like you just see his, his lips moving in contemplative prayer. It's, it's, a, it's a well shot scene. I love that they're having fun kind of playing along. It's when he keeps praying that they're yeah. just like, yeah. Like if if he had just said the Lord's prayer and moved on, they would have all moved on with their day. That, no, that's true. It's true, and and, and they both kind of give a resounding amen, and and at that moment you're, you're kind of like, sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're being sarcastic. But yeah, it's, yeah, but it's not. It's it's not. They're kind of like you know. You almost are like, ah, sure, we could get behind that. We want, <laughs> we want it. We don't want anybody to get killed. We don't want anybody to get hurt. We want yeah. the war to end as positively as it can be. Yeah, if you can, uh, we were, put we're that up. Raised there, Protestant, I'm sure. Our mothers made us go to church. <laughs> Throw that up to God, and if He can get us all out of here, that would be great. Amen. <laughs> but they, Amen. exactly when he when he when he continues. <laughs> just keeps going when he starts freestyling yeah <laughs> freestyling. yeah and then he gets asked how long the show goes on for right so <laughs> and to be fair we talked about it a little bit in the last minute but a lot of guys would have cracked up over here oh fair enough when oh, it's yeah. like were you always like this <laughs> <laughs> which again is so like when you are thrust into a situation with someone and are just getting to know them. And all of a sudden just like, were you, were you always like this? <laughs> or is this new for you? <laughs> he kind of, he kind of gives Frank an out 
He says, we always like this, or did you crack up over when you, you know over here? Meaning, like, yeah. that would be fine if you had. <laughs> no, no you don't judgment. drink. You got to do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we, I would understand if over here, you, you, I mean, that's kind of that catch-22 No atheists and boxholes. Right. And also just like, did you go crazy when you got here? Sort of mm. like we all did. Basically, yeah, is this, is this just your drink and your only way of dealing with all the, the horribleness? Mm. He doesn't pick. He doesn't pick up on that. He doesn't take the, the complimentary exit. <laughs> Frank, not known for his picking up on social cues. No, no. in any medium. No, I'm trying to think what the other doctor's name is. Megan in the book, because he's kind of a combination. Um, I know in the book Burns is a captain as well. He's an equal to them, but there oh. is a major who's also a pain in their ass. Yeah, what? Um... And the movie was the first combining of those two characters into one hateable Frank Burns, which then continued into the movie, uh, into the TV show. Um, I feel they... like the, t- the TV show is a very different Frank Burns. Oh, show. it's a, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm not alone. I'm not. No. Kidding. And they don't yeah. go into the. First of Who all, I still he's love not played hate. by Robert Duvall, which right. Larry Linville is fantastic, but <laughs> sorry, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, a different person. It is just a complete different gravity with Robert Duvall on, on screen. Yeah. And they're also, they don't go into that religion. I mean, Frank is the most child, has the most childlike devotion out of all of them. Mm. Um, he's definitely seen going to church sometimes. It's definitely implied that he keeps up the facade of being religious as an adult, but they, they, there's nothing like this. And I wonder if part of that is by the time they were doing those episodes on television, you're not piping this sort of sarcasm about the Lord's prayer into people's living rooms at eight (laughs) o'clock when young impressionable children might be watching. Well, yeah. Yeah, the, the the TV show is attenuated for sure. <laughs> it's it's like mash light. I mean, <laughs> I mean, defense. compared compared to the movie, obviously. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah, compared to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Charity, were you thinking of Hobson? Yes. Yes. Who lives in their tent? Yes, because he was Major a preacher. Wasn't he a preacher too? Yeah, I think he was the religious one. But he Frank wasn't. A, was he's doctor. not very good as a doctor either, right? I mean. And in the book, yeah. I think Frank is known for being actually a good surgeon, but a kind of a horrible person. Oh, okay. Mm. Or I shouldn't say horrible person, but just not really good at social cues, working with other people. <laughs> Why would has that a be lot important? of money? You know, <laughs> they what's, taste what's better than everyone else. <laughs> to me, is is one of the lessons of the movie and and of the TV show too. When you have these characters like Hawkeye and Trapper and Frank, who's a, a lousy surgeon, talented people can do whatever they want. Mm. Is that is that what it is? Like, no, nobody. I mean, they they hate Frank Burns. Hell, they even you know I think Trapper mm. slugs Frank Burns, uh, partially for being a horrible person, but also because he's a terrible doctor. Yeah, and 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 both in the movie and the TV series, these doctors, you know, get away with Hawkeye and Trapper, BJ, whatever. They get away with all sorts of nonsense because they're talented. They're, because they're yeah. very talented, yeah. the most talented. So the idea is, is being, that one of the lessons? 
if Frank was a better, if Frank was a good surgeon, they still would hate him, but they would put up with him. Right. Right. And it's because he's also talentless that they just have no patience whatsoever for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we've said it before. These are not uh, good role models. (laughs) (laughs) Even on the show where there are, you know, lessons to be learned. I mean, hell, I said I follow something Hawkeye said in one episode kind of flits through my mind. So I, I am being a total hypocrite in saying this, but they are terrible role models. And I, I love the episodes where they get called out on it. That's one of the th- reasons that I like Hot Lips towards the end of the series was they let her have a lot more of those, you know, you guys are dicks, right? Speeches. I mean, she didn't say dicks because, yeah. Dude. You could say yeah. that but yeah. You know, she she called them out a lot more. And whereas in the early episodes, she would have been hysterical, shrieking about how important the army is and gotten her comeuppance. In the later episodes, they let her say, yeah, you treat women like crap. You should stop that. <laughs> they well, didn't, but no. there wasn't any counterpoint but at the same time they also treat her more as a person as the series goes on too she's not just definitely she's not just hot lips anymore right she's you know it's hard (laughs) i can't tell which i like better it's like i don't like (laughs) like the 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 early mash episodes are sort of annoying when everybody's a dick and then the later (laughs) ones they get really like you know you guys are dicks and it, you, know, you know, and they they kind of come together, and they all become friends, and like, you know, they it's like call kumbaya. Cl- yeah, they call Klinger Max. Thanks, Max. You know, <laughs> it's just it just in like they they all come together, and like, yeah, like Hot Lips is their friend, and it starts to get, it starts like I might hate those more. <laughs> it just I don't I mean. I, I, it starts to get kind of maudlin or saccharine, treacly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just it, that that that, need, it, that doesn't fit for some reason either. It seems like they're trying, or at least, the, or maybe the tension is gone, which so much of the show was built upon. So if they're now friends, I don't know. It just I can't figure it out. It, it gets, yeah, it gets a little kumbaya. Get a little kumbaya, and then yeah. a little preachy at times too, like yeah. that dreams episode, the famous dreams yes. episode. Yes, yeah. and it, you, you know what sucks? Kind of you, you know, your 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 choices are like over here. You have mean spirited, <laughs> <laughs> and then over here you have kumbaya, annoyingly saccharine sweet, and it's like, huh? Is there something? <laughs> do I do I have to pick one? Because <laughs> I mean, the movie no, is pick is, all eleven. <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. The movie is super mean spirited. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so, but, you know, uh, I'm not saying I, I. This is pleasant to watch. You know, all the, 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 the kid I mentioned. And... He's not a kid. He's my um, earlier. Let me see if I can find it. It's a show of three people, and one of them is older and watched it live and growing up. And the other one was a kid and his parents had it on. And the one who's older is talking about how important MASH was and what a cultural institution it is. And every person in America can do two minutes on MASH. And then the other one goes, on the show, did they drive Hot Lips to suicide? Because it seems on a long enough timeline, that's what was going to happen. <laughs> Just completely yeah. undercuts with the guys. they like, hey, did she ever kill herself? I'm like, no. Oh. Well. 
Well, she, I mean, she, she threatens to resign her commission, and, and Blake is like, then resign. Yeah, which to her is the equivalent. Yeah, yes, yeah. good point, which to her is the equivalent, yeah. Yeah, God bless her for saying, I think I could still be in this movie, and for Robert Altman saying, works for me. Because <laughs> that originally was Hot Lips is out. Interesting. She was supposed to say that, and I guess the implication was supposed to be that she did, but they were supposed to full-on win. She's out. We yeah. drove her away. Both of Ha-ha. them. Yeah, like both Frank and and uh, Margaret. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and it was Sally Kellerman who's like, I think I'm just, I, I think I could still be in this. And he said uh, when they were filming that scene where she was screaming, he just kind of let it hang, just let her keep going. Until she finally, like, did that thing where she backs out, still crying. And then it was like, well, she could she could just still be here. Her role is strange, <laughs> though. As the movie progresses, it's like she's the head cheerleader. And people are still kind of bagging on her. But she's now part yeah. of the team. Or she's behind it a little bit. Like, they don't show her as... Well, uh, she stoops Duke. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. So she becomes one of the gang. Yeah, she becomes one of the gang, but it's still sort of a strange... She's one of the gang, well, gang but they're kind of like, oh, stop it, would you? And then you're see, right, she stubs Duke, which is kind of like, this, well, so that's... I mean, the, the lesson on there is whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> uptight, serious woman needs is... <laughs> just <Garrett>. some dude. <laughs> no, I, I think, I, and this is where I think the TV show does a better job because they had more time because they were, because you guys can hate all you want. Margaret Houlihan gets to be a person in the TV show. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. and so you can see she can have episodes where she shows that like, she is an uptight army person, and therefore they are never going to see eye-to-eye on things. Hawkeye is a straight-up pacifist who probably should have registered as a, um objectionable, uh, uh, conscientious objector. And Margaret is a career army person. But she does want to be part of the... Like, she's there with these people. She wants to get along with them. She wants to have fun with them. And when she can take the stick out of her butt and relax, they can, she can go to a poker game. Right, right. Uh, and and she can flirt with one of the doctors or more with one of the doctors. And that doesn't change the fact that she's in this for life. And it's like the most important thing in the world to her. And so they're always going to butt heads, no matter how chummy they've gotten in a previous episode. Mm. Plus, she gives that story, that that little speech when Klinger's making her address. You know, I want to be feminine and attractive, blah, blah, blah. And if you don't make me feel that way in this dress, I'm going to slug you or whatever. Oh, right, right, right. right. <laughs> Not that I related to Margaret Houlihan. Anyway, I'm just going to take a sip of water. So, about that Bible. Let's get back to that. <laughs> All right. Here's what's driving me nuts. I'm going to call in your librarianship. Okay. And, uh, and Jerry, you were in a bookstore, so you never know what you picked up. <laughs> why are the edges of Bible red? Oh, like why, why know, the pages? Yes, because I know that originally the tops of pages of books were gilded to keep the dust out. Mm. 
And then it became that. Then that became decorative, and so they would do that on important books. But is is that just it? Is it just like the super watered down version? Well, I seem to recall that aren't there some editions of the Bible where when words Jesus talks, yeah, the words are red. So it maybe has something to do with that. Like it's the word of God. They already if, you know, buy in red ink. Hmm. That uh, that's an excellent excellent question and I know exactly what you're talking about and I guess I don't know maybe to differentiate it from all other books <laughs> I don't I mean like hey we're, this is one of those We're calling red. Yeah, we're calling red. <laughs> this is one of those. I you know what? That's cuz I, I certainly I know the red letter like where J- Jesus uh, anytime Jesus speaks is in red, sure. But that's just kind of like pre-highlighting. <laughs> but but uh, this, I don't know. You know, I've never noticed that. But uh, then again, working in the bookstore, I was always in the nudist monthly <laughs> section. <laughs> I wasn't under you were in a completely different section. Yeah, I wasn't religious studies, wasn't... <laughs> Right, bivouac. Yeah, well, and I, I was trying to track it because I was like, well, originally there was the gilding because books were important, so you had to protect them, and then that became a symbol, like this is important because we bothered to gild it, and then it became decorative, but like it's always, re- like it's always red. It's not actually doing anything. So yeah, maybe maybe they just did. Someone just order too much red ink. 200 years ago (laughs) and they ran with it (laughs) i don't know it's a good question i don't know well if any of our listeners know the answer mashminute at (laughs) gmail.com mashminute on twitter come find us on facebook i don't know i mean maybe it's something left over from a different time period Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen older books that have that are that aren't the Bible that you know that are, have that red too. Oh, okay. So maybe it's like I've a seen printing lots of books thing. That have it on the ed- like I I've seen lots of books with coloring on the edge, but I'm a nerd who went to school for this for two years. But I, I don't know. It just seems like such a common thing. Yeah. Yeah. I say realizing the only Bible in my apartment is for six year olds and doesn't have any color on the edge of the pages no you better get out that highlighter (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's the for kids the beginner's bible so it's already in very short sentences and then uh i have provided some additional feminist commentary They're always sending their servants to find women in other towns. And I'm like, and she also thought this was a good idea. That's why she went with him. <laughs> and she out there you go. Yeah, I mean, that. I, th- I think everybody should have their own annotated Bible. Where you just kind of edit. And <laughs> just put in what you want. <laughs> Comma. Except for the part when. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Martin Luther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. comma just kidding i really didn't mean that (laughs) you can all put the stones down (laughs) tyranny i want you to know when i was looking for this i did find youtube videos on how you can make you can gild your own bible to be red or gold for if for the 
Bible nerds out there, oh, wow. I guess. So the book Bible nerds. <laughs> I know, right? I I would think that it it might be read so you can recognize it in a you know a, a big lineup on the bookshelf or something. Yeah. Yeah, I it could it, see it that. sticks out. That that's possible. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Megan, I never gilded any pages, but I will say embossing is super fun. Oh, embossing <laughs> is super fun. Did you get to do that? Did oh. you ever take the book repair class? No, but I done oh. embossing for as part of my scrapbooking. Oh, okay. Of fun. So yeah. I just remember playing with the teeny tiny paintbrushes. I know, but it's so much fun. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of fun. Mr. Porter, you are from a infamous podcast that specializes in fun. We do. Indiana <laughs> Jones Minute, which is a lot of fun. My co-hosts, Pete and Tom and I, and Noah, I know Tom's been on your show. Yep. We all talk about movies and just life stuff. You know, <laughs> good. It's, it's fun. We have a good time. So that, that all of those episodes can be found, the Indiana Jones movies. We, we've done up to and concluded The Last Crusade. So we're working on Crystal Skull right now. So... That's, I don't know how many, was that 500 episodes or something? <laughs> the first three movies, it's, give it's or take. Three, uh, maybe 400 <laughs> episodes, something like that. It's all indianajonesminute.com, and yep. that's where it is. Yeah, I remember binging Raiders to catch up before Temple started. <laughs> and uh, it just, it, that that's one of, I have a whole list of podcasts that I'm no longer allowed to listen to at work because they make me laugh. And it's quote-unquote distracting for the other librarians. <laughs> Check that out. And if 500-something episodes of Indiana Jones and 16 of MASH Minutes so far aren't enough for you, go to moviesbyminutes.com, and there you'll find even more, including the original Star Wars Minute, which is still going. And uh, the oh, way yeah. Disney's going, they'll be podcasting forever, and... We might do the show and podcast forever, and ha ha, Harrison Ford sticking around. So wow, yeah, yeah. They, you might have an Indy Five. Well, I'm, I'm hoping. Well, yeah, we're gonna do it. I mean, it, it, I believe it comes out. I can't remember. Is it maybe in a year and a half or something like that? I mean, we're definitely. Yeah. If if there's a new indie movie, we're doing it. Yep. All right. Yep. I'd make a you heard it here first, but you've definitely said that many times elsewhere. <laughs> All right. If you come back tomorrow, you can say all new things about Minute 17 of MASH, though. (laughs) I will.